God's promise to Sarah is found in Genesis chapter 18, verses 9 through 15. Looking at the first two verses, three men appeared to Abraham and said, Where is your wife Sarah? they asked. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time, this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old and was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself, and as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh, but he said, Yes, you did. (laughs) One thing to remember about Sarah is that she was barren meaning that she could not conceive. She doubted both herself and God, believing that she would never have children. Was there ever a time that you felt doubt towards yourself and God because of your circumstances? If so, hope can be found in Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. It says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore him a son to Abraham at his old age, and at the very time God God commanded him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said that Abraham would nurse children, yet I, yet I have borne him a son at his old age? Despite Sarah's imperfections, God remained faithful and fulfilled his promise. As Sarah's faith grew, she saw God's promise in a different way. Instead of seeing it as like a complete joke, she saw it as a blessing. This is how we should look at God and his blessings that he gives us daily. Because of Sarah's and Abraham's faith, God used Isaac to bring forth the nation of Israel. Fast forwarding to 1 Samuel, we meet a man named Elkanah. He had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. Like Sarah, Hannah was barren. As we read in verses 6 and 7, Peninnah used Hannah's burden against her. This deeply troubled Hannah. Back in this culture, being being unable to have children was a huge deal. For women, having children was one of the biggest roles in this society. When Hannah felt the weight of her burdens on her shoulders, she turned to God in prayer. In verses 10 through 11, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I, will, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Hannah could have decided to take her anger out on Peninnah, but instead she laid down her concerns toward God. Her prayer was genuine, 
and she let her emotions out through prayer. Because of her faith and her prayers that we read in verses 19 and 20, God blessed her with a son, and he was named Samuel. Hannah remained faithful to her promise, and Samuel was raised in the Lord, as it says in verse 28. Because of Hannah's decision, God used Samuel in many ways. Since this was Hannah's only child at the time, she could have easily decided to keep Samuel and raise him herself. But her faith led her to believe that God can do amazing things if we are willing to let him. Sure enough, God did some incredible things through Samuel. He was a prophet, a messenger for God, and he anointed kings over Israel. Next, Zach will talk about Mary and Elizabeth. <laughs> Today, I will be talking about two godly women that were relatives and were used by God to, change, to bear sons and change the world. The first godly woman was Elizabeth, and I will be reading Luke 1, 5-7. In this time of Herod the king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and descendants blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were very both they were both very old. I will also be reading Luke one eleven through thirteen. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been answered. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. I will also be reading Luke 1, 25. The Lord has done this for me, she said, and in these days, he has shown his favor and taken my disgrace among the people. Elizabeth made herself available to God and was, able to, and was given a son. The second godly woman is the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, Mary. She is the most well-known and respected woman in the Bible. I will be reading Luke 1, 26-33. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. I will also be reading Luke 1, 36 through 38. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She who was said to be unable to conceive is in her six months. For no word from God will ever fail. I am Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words be with me, um, your word to be with me fulfilled. Then the angel left her. 
Elizabeth knew her son was special and knew he was to be called John. I'm going to be reading Luke 1, 59 through 60. On the eighth day, when he came to circumcise the child, they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. The purpose of John the Baptist was to proclaim the ministry of Jesus. Then I will be reading Luke 3, 2 through 6. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordans, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of our sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight and the rough way smooth. And all the people will see God's salvation. Jesus, the Son of God, was born to be our ultimate sacrifice and save us for our sins. I will be reading Luke 2, 4 through 7. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to a wife, belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and was wrapped him in cloth and placed him in the manger, because there was no guest room available for them. I will be reading Luke two twenty one. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was given the name Jesus and the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Those who have experienced the death of a son know the pain. Mary and Elizabeth both watched their sons die doing the works of God. We give our condolences to those mothers today. Mary and Elizabeth were both godly women who were used by God to change the world. Now, Andrew will be talking about Eunice. In Acts chapter 16, verse 1, Paul met Eunice and her family in Lystra, which is located in present-day Turkey. She had a son named Timothy. Timothy had a mixed background, consisting of Jew and Greek. Now, Timothy was a man of faith. The people of Lystra spoke well of him, as it says in verse 2. So Paul took Timothy on his journey. So why does any of this matter? Why does it matter that Timothy had a mixed lineage? Well, it shows the influence that sincere and faith can have. Now, the Bible doesn't say much about Eunice, but Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, and he said, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. When Timothy looked up to his grandmother and grandmother, he saw their faith. He saw the example of how we as Christians should live today, which in turn drew him closer to God. When your kids see that you're passionate about something, when you are truly passionate about something, they notice it. They too get excited. Kids look up to the adults to look for the example. So even if you don't have kids, 
I'm sure there is someone who is searching for an example to look up to. Everyone at Huntsville Christian Church has an opportunity to go beyond these walls and live the example that Jesus has set for us. Whether it's serving in your community, in your schools, at work, or even at the downtown rescue mission. For our response time this morning, today we looked at five examples of how sincere faith can change people and situations. When Sarah and Hannah had their firstborn, they praised God. They responded by raising their kids in the Lord. Mary responded by saying, I am your Lord's servant. Elizabeth responded by speaking up and doing what she knew was right by naming her son John. When Timothy saw the faith in his grandmother and mother, Timothy too grew in his faith. He responded by going out into the world and ministering to other churches and to anyone else who came in contact with him. When these five came across challenges, they responded in, a, in some way. What will your response be this morning? If your response this morning is baptism, the baptistry is open. If you need prayer, the elders would love to pray with you. Would you consider your response as we sing our response song this morning? <laughs>